Welcome to this week's Dev for the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson, and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show this week, as ever, we've got Paul Parkin. Uh, how are you doing, Parkin? Yeah, not bad, Rob. Not bad. Uh, you know, midweek now. Uh, we're getting on for the weekend, so I start looking forward again. Try and forget about what what happened last week. Um, yeah, no, everything's good. Uh, we're just uh, chugging along as ever we're live. The weather's taken a turn, which is uh, not ideal, but hopefully we'll get that done back because it was beautiful for a few days. Um, yeah, no, everything's good. How's your week going? Yeah, it's uh, it went. It started off bad. Uh, I got a, I had a leaky toilet. Well, oh. first of all, the toilet wouldn't flush, so then I got an emergency plumber out to fix that, uh, and, he, and then he he fixed the flush. But then I don't know whether I've told you before, he had a, a leaky toilet previously, which leaked into my kitchen and created like a a hole in my kitchen. Uh, kitchen roof and well ceiling and it um, started leaking again so brought him back said uh, you fixed one problem but cause another and then he's uh, it's come back and fixed it now so no leaks toilets flushing superbly uh, and all is uh, all is well again yeah you gotta be yeah you gotta be careful aren't you uh yeah <laughs> we, i know what you mean we had a few problems bathroom wise uh, over the last few years uh, and it does seem that once you fix one, something else goes wrong. But yeah, uh, yeah no good. You got it sorted. Not, not to be to be fair, Parker. It was a horror show because it happened previously. You know, which created the hole. Yeah. And uh, I had a, pl- a plumber come out, and he and he couldn't find the leak. He couldn't. It was even he didn't know whether it was in my toilet or whether it was under my bath. So that's why he cut a hole in my ceiling to have a look. Still couldn't find it. He said to me, I'll, "I'll have a think about it and come back to you." Two weeks later, never heard. Didn't hear from him. Try to ring him. Phone was dead. No, no number. Yeah, so it was one of them. But all is well. I've got no. at least I've got a little. I've got a hole in me in me in me kitchen uh, ceiling. Uh, but I'm thinking about using having like a little kind of like uh, flap so uh, it doesn't look odd. Won't go yeah. anywhere. Just if anyone's watching, you know what I mean. I'm looking. Yeah. <laughs> any uh, any builders so, out there? Yeah. So that was uh, that was the all the fun of the fair. Uh, for for this week, and so lots to talk about on the show this week, Parker. And we've got look back at the the Wigan uh, Challenge Cup defeat. Look back at the fantastic win for our ladies uh, against the Featherstone Lionesses. Got all the big news coming out of the club this week, and then we're going to preview the game against Wakefield on Sunday. So we'll start with a Challenge Cup defeat against Wigan. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your Big Match Review. So, Salford are out of the Challenge Cup, Parker. They were defeated by Wigan Warriors. Um, what do you think? Obviously, disappointing result. Uh, we wanted a cup run, uh, but unfortunately, we're out. Yeah, I think the, the most disappointing thing overall was we, we're out with a whimper. Really, we didn't. Uh, we didn't really compete, did we? Um, in what was a, a very dull game from both sides, it wasn't. There was no excitement, really, um, and we were just we were way off the pace. I think I, I don't know what what it was. I mean, it, you know, it was always going to be tough going to Wigan, it, but you know, they're synonymous with it. It's their their thing. Uh, they don't like I said last week. They don't lose many. They don't concede many. Um, and oddly, they didn't concede any. Um, but maybe because we were, we were pretty impotent in attack. I think you know we we 
we kept getting near their line, but we didn't seem to have a plan. It was panic football. There was no, there was no case of trying to build pressure on them. It was like, we let them off every time by dropping the ball or throwing out a silly pass. Or, and you watch Wigan, they don't excite you. But what they do do is everything is virtually perfect. They don't make mistakes or very rarely. And when they got the chance on our line, they built a little bit of pressure, but they didn't, they didn't instantly have to go over. They didn't have to score straight away. They knew that if they built something, something would break. Um, you know, and I give our defence a little bit of credit because on, on our line, we seem to hold them out for quite a while um, at times. But overall, uh, very disappointing, um, especially with a Challenge Cup. You know, we, we, all, we all want a, you know, a decent run. Um, but there was just too, too many non-performances, I think. And, and when you think through the team, and I know we'll obviously talk about it later as in man of the match, but I, I, it was hard to pick anyone out who actually had a good game or, or stood out for us. There was probably one or two maybe, but overall, limp, uh, lifeless. Um, yeah, very disappointing um, overall. And, and like you say, you know, we've crashed out without really trying. Yeah, it reminded him a lot of last season's game against Wigan. We just kind of tried to grind it out, but we just didn't look like we were going to score. 15 errors, uh, Paul Riley was seething about that. Um, he kind of says that, you know, if you can't you can't afford to turn over that much ball. And I, I kind of have to agree with him. If, if you're obs- ob- sort of uh, turning over that kind of ball and you're absorbing uh, attacks from Wigan, you're not going to have anything in the tank left to... To, to go, but I wasn't sure whether it was sort of bad ball handling or was it uh, bad, uh, we'll call it GPI, game play intelligence. But every time we got up there, we we, we either threw it in touch or we got dumped into touch or, or you know, just didn't seem to, to ask questions and I couldn't quite figure out which one it was. Oddly enough, I think, I think both. I think mm. every week so far I've said that our passing at times is terrible in games. The amount of ball that goes to ground, even if we still pick the ball up and play on, the mm. ball hit the floor before it gets to the man. There's a lot of that. I don't know what that is. I mean, that's basics. And that's where I go about Wigan being perfect. They won't do that. That's not something they do. But then when we did have the chance on their line, there was no, I, I don't know. We were no threat. Were we? we didn't look dangerous. Didn't like a plan. And I know, obviously, we, we've mentioned a few times that, that Paul Rowley wants the lads to sort of play what they see and off the cuff a little bit. But you do need a plan. There has to be something to work from. And I, I think that, like, certainly at times in the first half, you know, a little, the, the chances we had, we just didn't seem to, I don't, like say, it just seemed to be made up. And then, but the other players didn't know what the other player was going to do. There was, you know, there was kicks going through and, um, passes going wide when you know players were coming short onto a ball and he, he just seemed to miss them out. Um, it was just all very erratic in, in attack. Um, defensively, I know we conceded twenty, but it's not it's not a huge amount of points realistically away at Wigan uh, for the amount of ball. Like you say, that's fifteen extra sets we've given them to do something with the ball. So to only concede twenty, we actually didn't do that bad. But that's because Wigan aren't a massive threat. I said, I know I said to you after the game, and I, meant, I might mention it to Paul, that uh, when you watch Saints Hellions, when you're playing them, as soon as Saints get the ball, you think, ah, something could happen here. They're going to tear us apart, or this could happen. You don't get that with Wigan. They slowly build into a game, and uh, 
and they, you know, and, and just control things. And that's what they did again. And, and we just could get a foothold then. And like you say, our attack was was well non-existent, and and that's what's proven by scoring no points. Yeah, was disappointing, has to be said. Um, but it's it's a bit of a it's a it's a conundrum really because obviously now James Greenwood's out for for a long time. He's he's, he's injured. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what Paul Rowley does. Um, joined by Paul Whiteside. Paul, you spoke to Paul Rowley. He wasn't sort of very happy about the performance Friday. No, good evening, lads. Hope you both okay. Uh, no, he wasn't very happy. I wasn't very happy, Rob. To be honest with you, I thought I was trying to think of some words to describe it, and I thought it was a bit pathetic. Really, I thought the the attitude was a bit of a problem. But you know what? Don't want to mention any names here, but I spoke to a few people in the week and before the game, and and there was a word that was said to me, uh, and you guys might have heard this. It's a free hit. <laughs> This game, it's a free hit, yeah. and as soon as I heard that, I thought, if the players have got that attitude, who else would say that the Challenge Cup's not a free hit? It's the Challenge's most prestigious cup competition in rugby league, and to me, I think he went there thinking, well, we'll just coast through this game and then see how it goes. And to me, we didn't look like a side that was hungry to, to win a cup game. And I mean, when Wakefield play Wigan in the quarterfinals, I tell you what. Wigan will get a cup tie because Wakefield will bash the, the hell out of them because they, they'll, they'll fancy themselves now to, to win that and I didn't think Wigan got out of first gear really they didn't need to I mean I know Paul Rowley said we looked after that um, Jai field and we did but that allowed them to, to move the ball and they got joy with other players I think they got the tactics right Wigan there really they, they, they sort of took the um, limelight off him and let other people do the business. So I thought it was a disappointing display. I don't think we'd have scored if we'd have played all night because we never looked like scoring. I think there was the one chance for Reese Williams. You can't blame Reese Williams. A bit of an half chance ball went out wide to me. He got bundled in touch. Other than that, I didn't think we created anything. So, no, I, I was Free disappointed. play, Parky. I thought for a minute I'd have to use Ryan Wilkerson's bleeper then for a second. Uh, would you describe it as a... As a as a free play? No, I I, I agree with what Paul said. I don't think any game is any competitive game. I don't. I, it's not. It's not so much a free hit. It's. I mean, in the old days, uh, I, I know we've still got relegation, but back, you know, twenty thirty years ago, and you had a cup game coming up, but you were fighting for survival. Mm. You possibly see that you may have to look past that cup game because it's not doing any favors. Uh, and long term, it might not have done us any favour, but it's still early in the season. There's no reason not to not to put everything into that that performance. Get yourself you know, to the next round, and knows, you know you, you might have got a home tie again. Uh, you know, a winnable team. Um, but there again, have we got the squad? As was proven again the other night to go that one extra game. That's that's the. That's the only positive I can possibly make out of the whole game, and you know, there was nothing else in it, nothing for us. We didn't prove anything. We did. If I'm coaching and I've watched that performance, I'm rubbing my hands for this weekend. Mm. Something got nothing, absolutely nothing going forward. They're not going to trouble us. Um, so no, there's, there's no free hits, is there? Um, and it's, I, I, I suppose, the only chance you could say that is, you know, if we were playing, I don't know, West Wales. You know, Swinton obviously thumped last week. And, I mean, that's the only time you're ever going to get that kind of thing. It, it, it's crazy talk, really. And like Paul said, it could easily get in the players' minds. If it gets mentioned, you know, it's a free hit. If we, if we get beat, 
nobody's expecting to win. That's not the that's not the point being expecting to win. To go out and try and win, that's the key. Um, but no, it just it's just one of them days that you just you write off and and get rid of it and try and well, I've tried to forget about it already. It was. Um, it was a nothing performance and in, a, in an absolutely nothing game, as it turned out. Um, and it's a shame, but, it, you know, we'll have to wait till next year now for the Cup. Yeah, Paul, you spoke to Paul Rowling. This is what you had to say. Coach's Corner. Right, Paul Rowley joins me. Probably not a lot to write home about tonight, really. You must be disappointed. Challenge Cup, prestigious trophy, and went out in the first round. Yeah, absolutely. Just uh, I'm disappointed if we win, win any game, but obviously you get an opportunity with a challenge cup to get uh, pick up a trophy. With it, you're winning four games, so. Um, but you know you don't get any tougher questions than coming to Wigan away. Uh, it was a tough, it was a tough uh, draw, and we knew we had to play tough. So uh, and 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 whilst we tried 100 percent and give 100 percent, um, I just think we just weren't tough enough. Certainly in the middle, we got rolled, and and we give away too much possession. I think 14 or 15 errors in the game, which you, you won't beat any team that long. We're going away. Yeah, like you said, too many errors and, and things like that. You did give give Wigan an awful lot there. I mean, they sort of did the basics right tonight. You didn't really have a lot of chances, and really disappointing evening, really. Well, yeah, they did the basics. That were it. I think that was the the story of the night that Wigan just played real tough, uh, did the basics well. Uh, and and whilst we played tough and uh, we we spilled too much ball, it's, it's just nothing more simple than that. Really. I don't think it was the most entertaining game in, game in the world, but um, they played tough and rolled us in the middle. So we did positive side. We defended really well on edges, and, uh, and we've done that lots of times this season. So uh, nothing new there. So you know, there's there's lots of positives, but the uh, better team won. I know you're not a doctor, Paul, but James mm-hmm. Greenwood, he looks a bit of a bad way. He was on crutches. Is he going to be looking at quite a long, yeah. significant time out now? Yeah, it'll be a lengthy layoff. Uh, yeah, be, whatever it'll be, it'll be a lengthy one. It won't be a week, so it'll be more in the months. So, that's uh, both back rowers gone now. I'm not going to like go into the details of the tackle because I didn't really see it myself. I'd have to watch him back. But, you know, James Greenwood, he's, he's not had a lot of luck with injuries, has he, last few years? You've got to feel sorry for the lad. Yeah. He must be devastated there. Yeah, gutted for James, obviously. Uh, I, I think he's managed three. Uh, a run of three in the last two years has been the maximum he's got to. So, um, yeah, it's really unfortunate for him. Blakefield Trinity away next Sunday. They mm. seem to be turning a bit of a corner. A good win at Warrington last week. Mm-hmm. Another tough game for you. It doesn't get easy in Super League, does it? They're all tough, so, it's you know, it's... Uh, Whoever we play, it's tough, and uh, you know we we are where we are. So we, unfortunately, we've not got the uh, resource of some of our, uh, our neighbours like you know today, like Wigan and stuff. So uh, we, we can't buy our way out of trouble. So we've got to you know uh, bounce back and stay stay uh, optimistic, and enthusiastic, and, uh, and and put everything into each and every week. So we'll take everything a week by week. But you know we 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 can't disrespect anybody because we're not in a position to do that. So. Uh, you know, Wakefield, uh, like I said, have come off a great win, and uh, and there's plenty of personnel in their team who can do some serious damage. So we, we need to be be good, and it's a big game. Before I let you go, next week, Ken Seal is he back next week? He'll be available, yeah. How's Callum Watkins as well? Uh, he yeah, he's doing great, but he's one of them. He's, he's a time scale with Callum, so mm. whilst he looks like and feel probably feels like he could play, he's he's 
four or five weeks off yet. And Harvey Lovett's been a couple of bit of a forgotten man as well. Yeah. Any updates on Harvey? How's he getting on? Four or five weeks. So if if it continues to go to yeah. plan, but uh, he's had a setback at every stage, so minimum four or five weeks. But fingers crossed. That's 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 if it, if it just runs smooth from here on in. Thanks very much for speaking to us, Paul. No worries. Cheers. See you next week, mate. Thanks. That was Paul Rowley talking to yourself, uh, Paul, and obviously disappointed with the result. Yeah, he was. I didn't think I'd get that long out of him, to be honest. I was <laughs> listening to the when we went in the press conference. Um, some of the questions that were asked in the press conference, I don't know where they, they come up with these journalists, but um, you could you could say. I mean, I'm not going to go to your questions, Rob. Yours weren't bad, but yeah. um, some of the questions the Wigan coach got were a bit strange, but. Um, because he looked like he was falling asleep, the Wigan coach, didn't he? But no, Paul 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 Rowley was 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 pretty angry. I thought he, he was he was, I think he was disappointed, and and you can see that you know with with the, the passion in him. When I spoke to him, I tried to keep it a bit upbeat. I didn't really want to talk about the Tommy Lula incident because I'd not seen it, and I've still not seen it. So, um, I mean, someone asked him that in the press conference, and he's not going to comment on that because. It's controversial in it, so I mean, I just felt for James Greenwood really because he's had that much trouble with injury, and the lad's probably going to miss the season now. And you start thinking, well, he's not getting any younger. Mm. How long has he got in his career? Something like that can sometimes finish your career. So I was absolutely gutted for him, but no, gutted for Paul Rowley, gutted for the supporters as well who made the trip and, and to go out twenty nil. It's disappointing isn't it? to not score a try. So, uh, so yeah, Paul Rowley's rightly disappointed. Yeah, for for me, he puts his bumpers up when he's uh, when we've lost at a press conference. He's not really wants to sort of entertain sort of what will go on. He's very sort of black and white in that way uh, for me, uh, Paul. But yeah, I suppose he's going to be able to put that way now and and move forward, uh, ready for the for the next one. Yeah, he didn't but, like what you said, did he? Well, sorry, sorry, just, Paul. What did he say to? He said about it being uh, what did? What was the word he said? Puffed and puffed. Um, which is what we did. Puffed and puffed. He didn't like that, did he? Well, to be honest, though, I think we did. You know, we yeah, we, we drafted right. right. If we if we'd have fought, folded and lost forty nil, and we you know we didn't we weren't that bothered. I'd have said you know that that would have been a question. But for me, you know, they they played the sets. Didn't look like they were going to score, but the Ungin and as a, as a supporter. You know, obviously, we didn't look like we were going to score, but it could have been a lot, lot worse considering the amount of ball that we're going to add. So, for the players, yeah, worked hard, but no end product. I, I actually don't think it's that bad of a question. It no. huffed and puffed and jumped up our attack. You know, we just didn't blow the house down, did we? We didn't do anything. We didn't knock a Wigan player over. Um, no. I don't think it's that bad of a question. The thing about what, what I find with Paul Rowley is that he won't get too excited when we win. No, won't go over the top when we get beat. He's no, he doesn't. He could, you know, bring players out and say, "Well, he was rubbish and he didn't do this." Or, or the week later, say he's a great player. There's, there's no point, you know, putting the players down. He's, he's not going to do anyone any favors. He's got twenty odd players to work with. Not even that now with the injuries. You know, he, he's got to try and keep spirits good in the camp and just, you know, on, like I said last week, on a Monday morning when he gets them in training, I'm sure he lets them know what he really thinks. Yeah, but there's no point telling the rugby league world that you know so and so had a stinker or the team were useless and they're not listening to me and you know that is that that's no good to anyone. Um, and I understand that he's, he's probably a bit defensive, and I suppose when he gets asked some questions, he, he probably feels it's they're aimed at him personally, you know, and his his coaching techniques or something like that. He's been doing the, the job for long enough. He, he yeah. you know knows the game. He, he doesn't need his professional. 
you know, attributes sort of questioning in many ways. Yeah, every coach gets it. You know, I'm sure, I don't know, the best coaches in the world get picked on every now and then. But I, I think people just need to maybe realise sometimes where we are. And he's, he'll be as frustrated as anyone that, you know, we haven't got a pack. You know, we haven't got a big pack of forwards. He'd love two or three big forwards to come into the squad, but it's not going to happen. And then people ask him about, well, your forwards didn't compete. And he, I mean, what's he going to say? No, they didn't. They were rubbish. He's not doing anyone any favours. So I understand his frustration. But like like you said earlier, Rob, when you've given the ball over to the opposition 15 times, um, I think he did well not to blow his top, to be honest. Yeah, you are right there, Parkin. Like he said, he's an experienced coach, isn't he? So he's, he's, he's on this sort of this press medical round millions of times. And I suppose there's sort of... He's probably answered every question under the sun and in his career. So he's, you know, he goes in a way. They get kind of bored, I suppose, coaches, uh, Paul, really, because you get the same. I've noticed you get the same questions every week, really. Yeah, they, they do. You just try to try and vary stuff, haven't you? I think you just have to try and know how to how to work them and try and entice them in a bit. I know there was a Juno in there who was asking a Wigan coach a few things. It was like, are you excited about this? Yeah, and I thought. Well, I don't know. You're just asking him lame things here a bit, really. Aren't you? Don't give him an easy ride. Ask him some. Ask him some interest. I'm not. You, you do, Rob. You're usually all right. Um, I, I just felt a bit sorry for you when he, he jumped on you a bit there when you said that about huffing and puffing. And I thought, no, I agree with Rob. I, I thought they did, but uh, but no, uh, he, he's tough. He's tough after defeat, defeat in the press conference when you've got everybody staring at you. And uh, I think he handles it pretty well, Paul Roller. You know, compared to some some coaches. Uh, Sort of go off, don't they? I was listening to Daryl Powell at the weekend, and he's under pressure, isn't it? Warrington blind with some of the questions he was getting asked. So, uh, so no, I mean, this week for me now is a big week for us against Wakefield. It's, um, it's a massive game. Now. You're playing a game, a, a team that's below you in the table. Um, and now the pressure's on a bit, really. Now you have to do, deliver in this game, don't you? So uh, we'll see what sort of reaction we get this week from the, from the players, really. I mean, Paul Roller can only do so much in, in training. His players have got to take responsibility now and do the business for him. Yeah, big thanks for your three-word match reports man. the matches. Gary Williams, stop running sideways, cross. Stuart Smart, poor attack, Taylor. Martin, wrap-up players, Brody Croft. Arthur Bollard, rook control again, Croft. I said tactical loss backfired, King V. Uh, ben Wheeler, too many errors, Brody Croft. KDL, handling errors, silent assassin, Croft. Paul Foster, schoolboy errors, Croft. James Hoskinson, your mate, Paul, needs more creativity, Croft. Mark, poor effort, Cross. Colin Wilson, no cutting edge, Croft. Matt Carr, keep the faith, Brody Croft. Uh, Steve Orwin, not good enough. Andy Lancashire, no end product. Andy Ackers, Stephen, very poor defence, Croft. I don't think it was... I don't think we can say poor defence, Parky, after we've turned over 15 uh, sets. But it is what it is. We move on. Yeah, like I said before, I think uh, I think we've been OK, considering the amount of ball we give them. Mm. Uh, and, you know, a lot of scramble on our line and that kind of thing. So we kept them down at 20 points. My, my only fear is if we'd have played a more attacking team, i.e. St. Elliott, you know, or Warrington, I would have had time, but they can attack you. Uh, or a Catalan, we might concede 40 or 50. That, that's the only thing. But that's due to weight of pressure more than the defence itself. And again, it, for me, that a lot of that comes down, we, we lose contact again. We did a lot of that. Their first try came off a, a very, very poor attempted tackle under our sticks. Um, again, there's no size. We haven't got the bulk. And uh, 
we, we need a little bit more effort, but we definitely need more size. Uh, and that's that's not helping us defensively. But uh, yeah, overall, like you say there, I mean, I just looked at that and obviously Croft comes out easily man of the match for, for the fans at the moment, really. So, yeah. So we move on. We're out the cup, but we move on and hopefully find a bit of form and, and go for a, a playoff spot. Let's talk. Um, let's get positive now, Parker. Yeah, let's talk about um, Sofra Devils ladies. They faced Featherston at Lionesses on Sunday and won 80 points to nil away from home. Fantastic result uh, for Chris Bates' ladies. Absolutely unbelievable. I had the I had the honour and pleasure of watching it online um, through the referee camp, which was yes, a new one on me. Um, some very dodgy referee and all, by the way. Um, <laughs> Brilliant, unbelievable! The, the the professionalism and the skill of these these ladies is is incredible. Anybody, honestly, anybody who thinks it's a gimmick or it's something, you've got to watch this. These these, it was phenomenal. I was expecting a tough test. You know, the Feverston Lions, the Lionesses have been around for a while. They've had uh, quite a bit of success, really. Uh, you're away from home at that part of Yorkshire. It's never going to be easy. You know, hostile fans behind you as well. Um, it just tore them apart. It looks so yeah. easy. These girls have played, what, five games now together? You'd think they'd been together for years. It, it was Everything was so polished. You know, the, the, the passing, the, the tackling. The gang tackling is unbelievable. Every time a Featherston player got the ball, two or three girls went in and put her down, usually pushed them backwards. Featherston couldn't get out of their own half a lot of the time, uh, except for the odd penalty that Again, I was a bit unsure about what I was watching, but uh, there was a, quite a few of them. Um, I don't know if he was levelling up or, or what, but um, no, honestly, the, the performances from these girls, is it's at another level. It really is. Um, I think I've not seen a lot of the teams that are in the championship that will play this year, but from what I've seen, Salford are a Super League team. I heard the referee at one point asking one of our guys who's bringing the, the, the kicking team on for the... 700th time or whatever it was and he he, he said you know have you he's got about you know you played together and, and this that, and, the other. and he you could tell in his voice he was amazed that they'd only played together competitively a few mm-hmm. times um just phenomenal every single one of them is incredible some of the tries i mean you can catch it still online i would have thought yeah guys honestly if they if they're scored by saint tellings in the super league or on Melbourne in the NRL, people don't stop going on about them. They're just, just brilliant. And every, every, every single player in that team seemed to know their role. They were talking all the time, which is something I've mentioned that our first team don't always do. <laughs> yeah. You know, very, very quiet. The girls were shouting to each other, encouraging each other, you know, and there was a real um, togetherness uh, and a, a fantastic result. 80 points to nil. I mean, come on. That, that doesn't happen a lot. It's, it's tough to score tries in rugby league. To score as many as we did is, is incredible. Yeah, Mad Rugby Dad is the Facebook page if you want to get on there and watch uh, our ladies. Uh, going through the try scorers, Lucy McKeown scored seven uh, tries. Steph Gray got two. Demi Jones got two. Louise Fellingham got one. Uh, Lauren Ellison got one. And Olivia Mia got one as well. So, like Parky said, Outstanding stuff. There was a point where I think it was Olivia Mia's try where Demi Jones was on a kind of a runaround move. And I was thinking to myself, if Max Need does that and feeds 
uh, Lafayette and he goes over in the corner. People are passing out in the stands. It was it was unbelievable, really. So uh, you know, it's it's creation. It's uh, like I say GPI gameplay gameplay intelligence. You know, for me, it was 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 off the scale really. There was obviously standout performance for me, Parker, um, Tasmin, Cole Coran, the hooker, busy round the round the rook, Darcy Price, uh, proper goal forward forward sort of skittling. Um, Featherstone Lionesses players every time she got it, and Yasmin Parton Sotomayor, we'll call her YPF, YSP uh, for short. She was outstanding on the edge, you know, causing yeah. all kinds of chaos uh, in that Featherstone uh, step defense. And you know, Chris Bates uh, was really impressed, but obviously, it's a big job for him keeping the, the ladies' feet on the ground. Yeah, well, I, I mean, like I said, the, the girls you mentioned there were, were, were superb, there was there was other big performances. Uh, what well, the, the difference between watching the men's game on the Friday and, and watching that was the forwards went forward yeah. with big space for the backs to do what they do. Um, mm. and, and like you say, there, Lucy coming up with seven tries in 80 minutes. I mean, from fullback, this what how, you think you're imagining it. Um, but they created the, the space. I mean, some of the tries she scored herself, some of them she was put through by just you know backing up and. And knowing that that ball's going to come out, knowing what that player's attributes are and that they've got an offload or this is what's, you know, the game plan was there. Um, just just un- unbelievable performance. And like you say, the, the hooker was was, was unbelievable. It was tremendous hooker. Um, I'd say, I think the loose forward was excellent. And the, the halfbacks just combined so well uh, and guided the team around. There was a definite plan and... Like I say, everyone knew what they were doing and uh, just so encouraging to see. I can't, I can't wait to see more of it now. Yeah, I spoke to Chris Bates after the game. This is what he had to say. Coach's Corner. So I'm joined by uh, Chris Bates, head coach of the uh, ladies uh, team. All right, Chris, uh, welcome to the show. Hiya, thanks for having me again. Can't believe you've had me twice in a week. Yeah, congratulations on a fantastic win against Featherstone uh, Lionesses uh, this week. Uh, talk us through it. Yeah, um, well, 8-0 kind of result speaks for itself a little bit. Mm. Um, story of the game, I think. I think the game probably started a little bit beforehand. I, I can talk to you off air about how professionally the girls conducted themselves. And um, oh, it was fantastic, you know. So we, we turned up at a, at a ground in, to over in, in Feather, at the community kind of side of, of, the, gate, of the club. Um, with a real presence about us, um, so we forever push the girls to be professional. We ever talk, we forever talk about how the, the club have bought into us um, and made sure that we've got all the stuff we need to be that professional. Um, and I think they were looking at us walking into the change rooms, you know, all in matching gear, all in kind of um, you know as a group, um, thinking, "Hey, up, these might be the real deal." Um, and, and I genuinely think that helped us start the game strong. That the, the the pressure then comes to kind of keep that momentum up. So, you know, we scored quite quickly um, and then we've kind of managed to get a bit of a roll on and, and we, we go in at, at 28-0 and then in the second half, we, we, we were really clear at half-time. Um, a good team probably wins that game, I don't know, 34-10, something like that, switches off a little bit in the second half but gets the job done. Um, a great team pushes on and is ruthless and we haven't we, had, we didn't feel we quite managed to do that against Wigan St. Pats but we, we challenged them to here and Scored 52 points in that in that second half, um, 
and and if anybody's kind of you've I think if anybody's listened to any of the stuff I've said, then it's been about us playing with our heads up and and we hit them all over the park. You look at I know Lucy popped up with with seven tries and she'll get all the plaudits she rightly deserves with that. But those tries were all over the park. Some were individual er- efforts. Some were a walking over from five meters because she's hit shape in the right place in in different areas of the field. Um, so I, I was just I was just delighted with it from start to finish. Yeah, I was going to mention uh, Lucy McKeown. Obviously, like I said, seven tries. And like you said, different tries every time. There was sort of long distance runs. There was there was times when she was on the shoulder of a forward going through, and that's that's you can't teach that. That's just class. Yeah, she's a, she's a really natural rugby player. This is her third game of rugby league. She played on the wing <laughs> right. against Wigan. Yeah. She played on the wing for us against Wigan. She played at fullback, covering for Erin um, at no notice against Pats, and then she she jumped into fullback with a bit of training. And and all all we'd done on the Wednesday before was just about all of our shape really is built around putting a fullback in space. Mm. Um, so we we want to kind of give that fullback a decision to make. Ideally, a three on two with lots of space, and then we we ask our fullback to make a decision. They can run, they can kick, they can throw a cutout ball, and um, they can hit the centre on a line. That you know, they, whatever. We ask him to try and be creative there, um, and I just think it suits her. So she she plays with her heads up, with her head up. She's really kind of focused on trying to make sure this ship hits into the group. And and you know what? She's humble as well. Mm. So I, I, I've never scored seven tries in a game, but you wouldn't hear the last of it. Um, I'd be murdered to live with. But <laughs> she was almost kind of embarrassed by it. Right. So I'm I don't she um unfortunately through through work she can't make training on Monday, but. She'll be at training tomorrow, and no doubt she'll just knuckle down and just work on getting better and better. Yeah, Martin, Martin if I had scored ten once against Leeds, and I thought at one point it would be a, a repeat, uh, but yeah, you say you know that natural rugby player, fantastic finish, you know, pace to burn, and you know she's a real sort of weapon in your armory. You know, you have got other weapons in that armory as well, but um, they they can only start a fire when you've got your forwards going forward. And I thought, you know, your pack rampaging all uh, afternoon, Darcy Price, Yasmin. Parton, Sonomeo uh, in particular were, were a real uh, sort of danger Yeah so um, I think every rugby league team needs a player that's got a, a, a TLA, a three letter acronym as a, as a name so Roger Suvas check one, mm. y, we've got YPS um, and and I thought, I just thought they were I thought they were great and we've worked really hard on um, making sure our middles have got, you know, keep the standards up and making sure our line speed's good and making sure our working contact's good and um, I think I remember saying after the Wigan St Pat's game that that manifests itself in field position and and exactly the same here. I don't refen- def- remember us defending our line that often, um, and I just remember us making plenty of meters. I, I, I'll um, I'll say nothing different to you guys than I, than I do to to the players in that our intensity in defence has got to continue to ramp up. I think let's let's absolutely no disrespect to to Fev. Um, to the lionesses, they they did come at us to a point, and and I think I think we just managed to get a roll on. Um, but I think other sides might try and play at us through the middles with perhaps a little bit more intensity. Um, and some of those one collisions won't that that we kind of got on Sunday probably won't come as easy against um, if we were to play Wigan again, for example, or Wakefield or whatever. Um, so we we need to keep working to make sure that I want us to be in contact, pushing St Helens. I'm not. Um, I'm not kind of aiming too high with that. I think that's genuinely an opportunity and I think that'll win games for us. I look at what Saints do as a, as a women's team and, and I think they're unbelievable at it. You know, you, you see them blitz sides, but you also don't see them concede many points at all. And uh, that comes through the contact work. 
and knowing a couple of their players um, kind of through through my own kind of background in rugby league, I know that they work really hard on that. They're, they're forever doing wrestle, um, working on the peel. Um, swimming is something that people might have heard of, looking at how you kind of get your arms into the right positions, take control of someone's body. They do it every single session, week after week after week after week. And now you look at where they are. And we've kind of taken the same philosophy with the with the with the Salford team, really, that we want to be really good at that. We see that as an opportunity and we think that will win us games. And so far, it's, it's kind of paying dividends. But a lot of that comes from the work that our middles do. You know, you don't ask a winger to be as strong in contact as you do a prop. Um, they're not going to be in that situation as often. So so that's pretty much entirely focused around around that, them as a group, really. And I thought they did it well on Sunday, but I want them to push on and I, I want them to continue to get better at that. So you've got your backs scoring tries, you've got your forwards uh, rolling forwards, you've got uh, sort of your pivots as well, Tanzing, Corran, Karan and Louis Fellingham and Demi Jones distributing the ball, keeping the ball moving and, you know, it, it was a it was a joy to see. Yeah, um, so again, talking about playing with your heads up, so I've got a favourite try in that and I, I don't know whether it was Lucy's fifth or Lucy's sixth, but um, we set through Vic to a, to a right edge, but it's a bit wider than we normally would. So Louise, who's at kind of a pivot on that side, goes to the other side of the play of the ball because she's going to link up with Demi because that's the structure we've put in place. Mm. But as she's doing that, you see it quite nicely on that, on the, the, the kind of um, the ref cam, if you like. Um, she kind of clocks that some defenders on the right-hand side haven't numbered up right and she sees space there. So she then drifts. For, she goes from moving from the right-hand side of the play of the ball, moving over to the left to link up with Demi. But then she goes back round to the right and immediately what you see with no communication is you see Vic, uh, sorry, you see the second row drop to run a lead. You see Lucy read it and follow her to make sure that she comes out the back of that kind of block. And and then they execute it. And Lucy walks over untouched. And I think if your halves aren't doing that sort of stuff and aren't capable of playing with your heads up, then our, our structures just don't work. So I, I was absolutely buzzing off that. It's If you watched, um, I can't remember which St. Helens game it was, but Johnny Lomax was stood at the, at the screen with, um, with Sky Sports and he talked about exactly the same. I think it, Think he, I think he kicked, and I think Wellsby scored off it, um, off, off the top of my head. But he talked through exactly the same, spotting that they've not quite numbered up right, spotting that there's an opportunity there and just being a, being prepared to play at it. And and I think there's two sides to that. So Louise has got to have the skills and the and the, the ability to do it, but we've got to also have the shackles off her. And, you know, we can't be saying, no, no, you must get round and you must link up with Demi. We want you to recognise that situation. We want you to try and exploit it. And if that doesn't come off, then fine. You know, we'll go again the week after. We'll, we won't be stood there screaming and shouting about it. Um, so it's nice to see those things kind of come off the training pitch and, and, and jump onto the field, really. Yeah, obviously, looking back at the game, you scored two tries in kind of three minutes. Olivia uh, Meyer went over and then Steph Gray kind of caught the ball from kickoff and ran 60 yards. And that kind of it's a good sign, that, in it, that, you know, a team can go back-to-back scores. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We, I think I've said to you before that we need Steph to pin her ears back and just back herself and go. Mm. And that once she gets her first, she'll get a few more. And she, she did that twice in that game. So off mm. that kick, she spots a gap and off she goes and she's not going to be caught. And then equally, um, I think Louise picks up a, a ball that's that's hit the deck. I can't remember how. Um, she gives it to Steph. Steph kind of just gets around everybody. And I don't know whether, I've not watched the video back yet, but she ran within a couple of metres of us. And I was just stood next to her going, go pin your ears back, pin your ears mm. back, pin your ears back, pin your ears back. And she was laughing at me as she was running past me because <laughs> uh, she's probably sick of hearing it, but really nice to see her do it. Um, even before that, so there's a break that we play to the left-hand side um, 
and Liv gets put in space and she throws, she sits someone down actually, she puts the bumpers up and she, she knocks the defender off. Then she steps a couple um, and then she gives it to Ness who pings a cutout ball then to Steph who gets held up a metre short but right on the right edge. Mm. So so that again is, is it's all broken down. We don't need a structure there. We've got kind of defenders everywhere that we can pick off, isolate, beat and, and we nearly score off it and that was just before the first try and then obviously the second try followed soon after. So all game we kinda we were allowed to kind of play with our heads up and play what we saw and, and, and we executed that really well. So all really pleasing really. Yeah, on the on the podcast we've got a sort of podcast bingo and, and we have a it's GPI, which is gameplay intelligence. It seems to me that your ladies have high levels of that. Yeah, um gameplay intelligence. Um so, I think so. I think I, I, let's let's not get carried away with it. No. And the, the opposition suited us. Um, can we, we can we play that game every week? Probably not. If we're in an arm wrestle, there's probably times where you know that get that kind of that gameplay intelligence actually says that no. Do you know what the right thing we have to do here is just lock up mm. and just turn the ball over on their line, and we might not score points, but we're five up and there's ten minutes to go. Five up, six up and there's ten minutes to go, and. Um, and we'll grind it out. And I think we've our girls haven't been in that position yet. Mm. So there's plenty of different situations that as a group they've not faced. You know, you, you look at um said against the Pats game that sometimes you don't learn the much off learn that much off a forty two nil win. Mm. Off an eight nil win, you learn that your attack's definitely clicking. Yeah. But you've probably not been tested. You know, we've not had to defend our line for long spells, we've not really had to manage the game. If we've tried something and it's not come off, it's eight to nil anyway. Um so uh, yeah, I, I think you're definitely right. They're definitely playing with their heads up. They're definitely kind of playing an expansive brand and they're definitely executing it well. But there are different sides to that kind of GPI and maybe we'll comment later in the season as to whether we've got it across the board or whether we've just got it in pockets. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Demi Jones. Uh, 12 goals in 14 attempts. Radar-like accuracy. Pinging them, on, pinging them over from everywhere. Oh, she's a machine, isn't she? Yeah. Um, and she's she was raging with herself after she missed two. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah. it tells you everything you need to know. She's a really fierce competitor, um, and and she works you know she works really hard on a kick in and and delighted to see all that hard work pay dividends for her on Sunday for a play to her. Yeah. No game this week. Unfortunately, Swinton Lions have, have decided not to not to take you on. I think they're a bit afraid of the uh, of of the, what might have come their way. But uh, obviously, a week to to sort of recharge, uh, train and develop. Yeah, definitely. Um, so your words, not mine, with regards to Swinton. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but I think you know Swinton are a development side, aren't they? So you know that as coaches, they're going to be looking at what they need to do right by their girls. And I don't, I genuinely don't know if they don't have a team or if they've kind of looked at that and thought, is that right for us? I genuinely don't know. Um, but you know that they'll just be doing their job as coaches, really. Um, yeah. I think for us, it allows us to do another little mini week of pre-season. So we'll, um, it means that we can change our focus a little bit tomorrow. Um, depending on how sore bodies are, we can probably do some fitness tomorrow and keep kind of pushing to get up to that intensity that, that I think we still need to hit. Um, certainly around our middle car. I think um, Monday we can do some more contact stuff, which I've talked about how important that is. Now I want to top up on that all the time. And it, it, it means that we change our training tact a little bit and we get out of that kind of regular drumbeat of, Monday recovery, Wednesday game prep, Sunday game, rinse, repeat. Um, but really, that just keeps the girls fresh and allows us to keep topping up on stuff. So I'm okay with that. It's worth saying, actually, that um, 
in terms of hunger and in terms of fitness, and it's not just us banging that drum. So I think there were seven that rocked up Monday, the day after a game, most of whom had played, who were doing extras before we trained. And, and I can't tell you how excited I was to see that because you've just won 18 nil. You've got every every right to have a potentially a week off. Or, you know, I think we'd all forgiven for saying, well, we played yesterday, we won, everything's going okay, we're going to slacken off. But they're out on the old weather early, grafting, doing, doing penalty box runs. It's absolutely incredible. I'm proud of them for that. Yeah, final question, uh, Chris. Uh, you've played two um, League One sides, played two Super League sides so far. Where, where do you think this team is? <laughs> what a question that is. Um, so, where do I think this team is? I think this team is well above where I think we should be. I think we've got to enjoy that for what it is right now. Um, and I don't know where the ceiling is. So, I think... One day there'll be a game where we'll walk away from it going, do you know what? We couldn't have played any better. We couldn't have tried any more, but we've been beaten by a better side. And, I, and we've not we've not hit that yet. And I don't know what side will do that to us. Um, I think there's a couple in the championship to worry about. Alton, Raiders being one of them. So they've had a couple of good results. Turned Cass over in the Challenge Cup on the weekend. Um, and they're in our league this year. So they're clearly a good, good side. They'll fancy mm. the chances. Um, and by all accounts, the physical as well. So... You know, it'd be good to see how, how that pack kind of that we've talked about in this fronts up there. So I'm not really sure I can answer that. Um, I think all I can say now is that we're we're delighted to be well ahead of where I think if we'd have sat down four months ago, we'd have we'd have said we might be. Um, but I think we'd we'd be kind of um, remiss to not say, well, actually, there's reasons for that, and those reasons are hard work and, and dedication and. If we keep doing that, we've got a talented group. Who knows where the where the ceiling is? Brilliant. Cheers, Chris. Thanks, pal. So that was Chris Bates uh, talking to me after the game at uh, Parkhead, and he and he said, obviously, if if have come if come up to Featherston with all the all the gear, looking professional, and he thought that was an effect uh, going into the game that did won it before the a ball was kicked. Yeah, it does. It does make a difference, doesn't it? I, I you know, I've watched the. The sort of the academy from when that first started years ago in the what in the nineties or whatever, and other teams had come down to the Willows and they'd all be there in the full kit, just looking like the first team would, all with a bag with you know Saint Helens on the side or whatever. They'd all have their own individual, and we'd turn up with plastic carrier bags from Tesco and, <laughs> and you know the lads coming in their own gear. And it, it, it does make a difference. It makes you feel more part, you know, as, as a team as well. And and they do, they do look good. I mean, even. Up to the last few years, we've always wore our reserves or Academy of War the year before's first team shirt or whatever past, you know, hand me downs. Now the whole lot's uniformed, looks like a professional outfit. And it, it would have an effect when you turned up. You see them, you know, turn all, all together in the same gear. Um, and obviously at the moment, all turning up smiling. And that scares you. Because when a team's happy, the, you know, things are going well for yeah, I suppose there is a psychological edge to it all. Yeah, he talked. He talks about playing heads up rugby, uh, Paul. And he kind of, for me, we we've we've spoke uh, to Paul Rowley, and he kind of talks about that as well. And he's kind of, is he? I wonder if he's kind of trying to mirror uh, the, the 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 men's team and play the same way and kind of create a kind of culture within the club that we all play the same. Yeah, I think you've got to give the, the, the coaching staff or the ladies team an awful lot of credit. I mean, 
you, you, Parky was just saying there about the, the confidence that they're playing with, and, and I I didn't see the game on Sunday, but I can just see from what you're saying and, and, and what I've read up to now that the, the ladies, are, I mean, we said they were going to get better the more games they played together, and you can see that. You can see that with the, with the results and performances, but I think there you both said the word professionalism, and mm. and that's down to the way you're training and the and down to the way you're being coached. So I think they deserve a massive you know pat on the back for for, for getting these ladies super fit for a kickoff, um, you know because they've probably been training or doing sport before they started playing rugby league for for solid ladies, but they must have got them into a, a good shape of fitness because to score eighty points in an eighty minute match. It's pretty difficult to do anyway. Um, so to go away from home and do that, it sounds like they've absolutely torn Featherston to shreds. So I think what you can find now is, yeah, fitness is good. They're getting some good coaching. They're playing the game the right way. And they're also playing with confidence now. And confidence, as we've seen before, once you get that confidence and that smile, you're on momentum then. You're like a train rolling. And I think that's what the ladies are now. They, they, they're going to be hard to stop. So the more games that they play, the better it's going to be. But as we keep saying every week, you can't wait to get that league league journey in front of them now. Because when you get that fixture list, that is your journey from A to B going. And I'm barely so excited for that. No, it's great playing cup games and friendly games. Once you get that that league, that's the mission. Your mission, and it's mission Super League, isn't it, for those ladies? So so I think it's a great story. And they keep sort of proving me wrong. I thought, oh, we're going to be tough there. I was thinking of a bit of a sloping pitch and a, and a bent referee, but nah, they've they, they done the business again, up the 18-0, so easy peasy. Yeah. What excited him the most, uh, Parky, was in his, in his uh, post-match press chat with me, he said that seven of them were doing extras on the Monday, which shows sort of really good mentality that they've, they've gone and won 18 nil, but they're still willing to go in and work and graft which is which is unbelievable and also we, we talked about um you know where the ceiling is and he wasn't 100 percent sure where it is at the moment because at the moment they played two league one teams and two super league sides they haven't played a championship side yet and he kind of talked about um sort of the learning the learning experience where we will come across a team that will test us and put us in a contest that we aren't used to playing so it's going to be fascinating to see when they do start this uh, league campaign which we'll talk about in the news you know how they react to teams who are as good or better than them yeah yeah absolutely you, you only ever really know, you want to play against the best don't you mm. the uh, well just going back to what you're saying about the girls putting that you know the extra training in i yeah. mean these have all got jobs, you know, or studies or whatever else, they, they're not professional, you know what I mean? They, they, they're giving up their own time again, so they're finishing whatever they've done. To go and do that, I mean, that, that just shows where, what, what they want to do and the levels that they're at. Mm. Um, going forward into, the, into a league campaign, yeah, it, it is going to be tougher. These teams have obviously, again, all played together and they know each other, but I, I'm as I said last week, I don't think these girls have got anything to be afraid of. I honestly don't. Maybe if they were playing Saints and Leeds and Cass, you know, the the top Super League uh, teams, then it, it might be a little bit different. But as it is at the moment, from what I've seen, it's not just the fact that they're winning games, it's how they win. Yeah. It, 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 it's the way they play. There's just something about them. It is like watching a juggernaut at the moment. Mm. Uh, yes, at some point it will come to a halt. 
you know, somebody will turn them over, you know, and that's that sport. You, you can be the best team in the world, but at some point you will get beat. I mean, Saints went to Toulouse the other week and look what happened there. You know, it, it happens and it will happen, but it's how they bounce back. And I think at the moment we're, we're in a good place. We've had this build up of, of friendlies and, and cup games and, and success builds success, doesn't it? Big success, and that's, that's where we're at. And I think going into a, a league season, we can be rightfully confident that, you know, within a very short space of time, we'll be making big, big strides and and hopefully big leagues. Yeah. Uh, look at the stats. Uh, Paul, top tackler, Steph Gray with 12. Lauren Ellison with 11. Uh, Taz Coran, Coran uh, with 11. Uh, Vicky Kinney with nine and YSP with nine. So forwards making an awful lot of work uh, there. They seemed Featherstone because Steph Gray's a centre and Lauren Ellison is a winger. So I think that, Feverson tried to take us on the outside because we were a bit afraid of our forwards. And, you know, they got through an awful lot of work. Steph Gray went and scored two tries from sort of 80 metres as well. So there was a lot of work on that on that side of the field by the by the ladies. Yeah, but they probably didn't have a lot of tackling to do if they scored 80 points because they probably had a lot of ball, didn't they? So mm. uh, probably limited Feverson's that ball that they've had. But, no, it's a great effort, that. And to, to nil anybody as well is, is a good effort, isn't it? You know, and like I said before, away from all... New team as well, and, and no, th- things seem to be going great, don't they? And, and they will get tested. There's no doubt about that. You're going to get pushed up against somebody who's going to be better than you, and that's like Pag said. That's how our sport works. But you know, as long as they can keep picking up wins and playing rugby league the, the right way, and, and learning all the time, and, and that what he said about them going and doing extra training, that to me just shows the attitude of those ladies. They want, they want this. <laughs> They want to get to the Super League. And you look at now, they must watch that now and think it's covered on Sky, it's in the Express, it's an awful lot of coverage now. It's on the websites, on the internet. So it's growing all the time, the women's game. So if you're a young woman or, or, or even an older woman or whatever, and you're playing for Salford, you want to be part of that. You want to be part of that limelight. I mean, it's a great opportunity, a great chance for you now. So, so yeah, I'm not surprised they're coming in doing extra training because they've obviously. They're obviously getting on with the coaching staff. It's, it's obviously a great atmosphere down there. And I think when you're part of a team, like it's the same when you're part of the men's team, you're, you're, with, you're with people that you get along with, you're in like a family there. It must be a great time. It's not a career that lasts forever, but I bet it's a great laugh and a, a great camaraderie and that. And it's somewhat, I wish I was part of it, it's better than going to work every day, isn't it? So, but like you said as well, these girls are working and, and studying. They're not full-time pros. So the amount of time and effort they're putting, it's absolutely commendable. Yeah, uh, looking at the carries, Parker, Abby Collins with 10, uh, Darcy Price with 9, YSP with 6, uh, Vanessa Hadley with 6, Lucy McKeown with 7 and uh, Demi Jones with 6. Kind of shows how much work they, they got through Abby Collins and Darcy Price and Vanessa Hadley um, rolling down the middle, causing all kinds of chaos. Did you just say Lucy McKeown had 7 carries? I can't say this, yeah. <laughs> so for every carry, right. Yeah, that's, I don't think that's ever been done, has it? Surely. No. Then, no, think... uh, watching the game, you could see that the meters we made going forward, absolutely. Mm. And and you were saying about the defense. Feather had some some big girls there who were you took from stopping. But what we what we did rather than isolating one one on one, two or three went in and knocked them over and pushed them back, and then. They want the ball after that. They, they were like, well, you know, what's the point of this? Um, and probably went wide. 
because of that, the ball just had to go somewhere. Uh, yeah, no, going forward, we, we, we just looked like we could we could break at any time. Um, I think, um, I can't remember who it was now. It may, it may have been, I can't remember, what, one of the girls anyway went on a run, one of our forwards. She must have knocked about five of them off, one after the other, mm. just bouncing them off, bouncing them off. And then, you know, got tackled, got up and played the ball quick and they were all over the place. They had no chance. And we just went off and scored. Um, again, just, just our pure, you know, strength and grit and, and wanting to, to do that. Um, it, just a brilliant, brilliant to watch. But yeah, the carries again. I suppose it's hard to judge when, when you carry the ball and like somebody like Lucy there, who's, who's done, you know, seven, seven carries and scored seven tries. It's hard to judge how much how much work's been done and you know and anything else, but um, no tr- tremendous really, isn't it? I mean, you look at them starting the tackling when you said that the top tackler was what twelve or something like that. Yeah, it was shared. About, shared about it wasn't about one person doing one thing as we find with the first team with the men's team where it's you, you know who who's going to come out and attack in stats every week. It's a different thing, and that that team Bond and Paul mentioned there again about. It must be a great joy. That's what comes across. They enjoy each other's company. They enjoy being on the same team as each other. And that's a massive plus for any team. And it gives you that extra 1%, doesn't it, when you enjoy it? And in games down the line, when you're in the trenches, that's that, that 1% makes all the difference. And, you know, we, you know, we're super excited about it. They're on fire at the moment. So it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, sort of what happens uh, in the next uh, weeks and, and months to come. So congratulations, ladies, on your on your victory in the in the League Cup. Uh, no game this week. Uh, Swinton aren't available, so week off. And I think Chris has got plans to to get you in like a mini pre-season. So hope you enjoy that uh, next week and uh, get ready for the the league campaign, which starts the week after. So that's all the uh, the chat for the two games this week, and we're going to look at all the big news coming out of the uh, the club this week. So we'll continue with the ladies, uh, Paul, and uh, the fixtures for their season have been announced tonight. In their division, they've got Alton Raiderettes, Warrington Lunas, Drewsbury Moor, Hull KR, Stanley, Hull FC and Widnes. Now, we are learning about Women's Rugby League all the time, and I've, I've kind of been informed that Alton, Warrington, Hull KR and Hull FC are the big tests for our girls. Who's your other team as well? How many teams did you mention there then? Um, is that the league? Eight. Is that the, the championship that? It's kind of the championship, yeah. There's right. six, eight teams in it. Eight teams. Yeah, yeah, that will be a test. And like we said before, a lot of those teams have been going for a while now, aren't they? They're quite established. They've probably got a settled sides as well. So they, they know the ins and outs. They, they know how a season goes. And, you know, seasons are tough, aren't they? are not just playing... You've got to back up week in, week out, haven't you now? And, um, you know, there'll be a lot on that. So I'm, I'm sure they'll do a good job, though. They've proved that they played a Super League side a few weeks ago, didn't they, in Wigan, and, and yeah. ran them pretty close. And um, they've not been overawed. I think that's the, the thing. You know, we played Swinton, and yeah, it was a great win. And then after that, they could have been forgiven for, you know, perhaps being punished and being beaten because they were a new team. But they haven't been. They've, they've done the business and. and 
wipe the floor with teams really to you know without being disrespectful so no I, I I don't think there's anything to fear there for the ladies going forward into the championship it's going to be tough because they'll you know they're all going for the same goal to, to get promotion and, and things like that so it's going to be tough week in week out but I have every confidence in them it's going to be a, a new experience you know playing home and away and going to grounds that they've not played at before but I think the coaching staff will have a have them in for pre-season, won't they? And have them doing different things and, and they'll be prepared. There'll be no stone unturned going into that, that championship season. You can rely on the coaching staff to sort them out. Yeah, you can find the fixtures on, on the uh, the club's website and on the Facebook and the Twitter. They've got a link to it as well. Uh, Parky, obviously, we're looking at these teams. I know that Hull KR beat Wakefield in uh, last week and we beat Wakefield, I think it was the week before. Uh, which which is which kind of gives you an idea of how good Ulkey are, and Alton beat Castleford, who are a Super League side, uh, the week after, week before, I think, as well. So that they're the two that I think are going to be the the main standouts. But like uh, like Paul said, you know, it, it's going to be a tough competition, uh, but we're going in firing. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I think, I think the two old sides uh, advantage a lot of these places will have. As you know, when you get to the Super League as well, is not only have you got a professional club with, with the girls, but there's an amateur scene. You know, or in Hull, there's a few am- ladies' amateur games and, and, and so on. I'm not sure it's the same in our area, fortunately. Uh, you know, we, we, we struggle in the men's game around here, so I'm not sure what the situation is at the moment. So they'll have more, you know, a bigger pool of players, perhaps, to, to, to attract um, going forward. Um, the adults, Castleford's quite surprising because Castle are a really good team. Um, but overall, like I say, I mean, we're going to learn. Go, we're going to find more and more. But it's, you know, as I've said, I don't think the girls are going to be going to be worried about it. I think the more they work together, the more they bond, the better they're going to get. And um, we, we've seen already that they can compete with with good teams and, and established teams. So that that can easily continue. It's going to be tough. Offer, you know, doing it week in, week out again in the league. Um, but I've got every faith in them now. I, th- I think they'll be, I think they'll be fine, and uh, I hope you know the club continue to support them as they should. Get behind them, and I know Paul King is he's massively keen, massively. He's, he's a huge advocate for them, um, and we'll do all he can uh, to to push the ladies into the limelight. Let's get them at whoever we play at the AJ Bell. Get a crowd behind us, you know. Let's let's intimidate teams. It's very rare we get the chance to do that as of, of Salford, is it? So um, yeah, I think I think that'd be great to see us, you know, pre-match or post-match or whatever for, from a first-team game. You know, let's let's get them in the limelight now. Let's show what they can do. Yep. Other news. Let's talk about Fred Doan, uh, Paul. He was on the Super League podcast this week, and he was talking about buying. Uh, the club and now, you know, he, he'd be looking at getting the best in uh, the Pep Guardiola of rugby league. I think he said, um, and and sort of turns into a super club. Um, what is your thought process on that? Well, it was a nothing story, mate. He didn't mm. say anything. Someone asked him a question, and I don't know. I just think, think there's nothing in it, um, really. He's, if he's got to buy a solver, I think he would buy him. Buy him now, and if he wants to buy him, let him buy him. But. I'm not really bothered what he does, mate. <laughs> to be honest with you, I mean, I think we're doing all right at the moment. Yeah, he's got loads of money. We had 
supposedly loads of money when Marwan Kukas took over. He didn't get us anywhere, did it? So I think we're going all right at the moment. I don't think we need anybody interfering. And uh, I, I just didn't think it was was anything. It was just the question that got asked to him, and he didn't say yes or no. And I bothered really, to be honest. He did have yeah, a, a, a Marwan uh, sort of sound about him, Parky, when he started talking about buying the Pep Guardiola or the Rugby League. Uh, and to turn us into a into a team, you know, like a world beating team in five years. Um, but for me, we're doing all right at the moment. You know, the community sort of style club. Yeah, we would like a bit more investment. But if people are going to come in, they need to be sort of right for the environment. If you take away some of the performances that we've seen from the first team this year, this is the best these clubs been run possibly ever. We haven't got, we, we, you know, we haven't got a receptacle to go in, if you know what I mean. You know, there isn't any money. But at the end of the day, the club's at, in a better position and a happier position than it's, than it's ever been. But the thing with Fred Doan or any mega rich businessman, and it's very rare to find a Simon Moran kind of character at Warrington, very, very rare, is that there has to be something in it for them. Now, Fred's a big league fan, really. I know what he, he says about being a Salford lad and all that. He's not. He's out for money. Let's not, uh, you know, I'm not having a go at him for that. That's fine. I wish I was in his position. I wish I had what he's, he's created. You know, fair play to anybody who earns the money. But he's not interested in Salford Rugby League Club. And if he was, there would have to be, like I say, something in it that he could have as an investment now, buying a sports club is not an investment at any level. Mm. It will take money out of your pocket and leave you broke if it has to. The only thing that would have been is a stadium, I think. Now, whether moving grounds gives that option, I don't know. Whether he could, you know, come in and buy more lane, let's say, if we moved, put the money into that, that, that land then belongs to him rather than solve the rugby club. But he puts that money in to solve the rugby club. I could see that. But anything else... There's nothing in it for him. There's no, there's there's no reason. I read I read the interview and he, I remember years ago when he was part of the, was it the Red Knights that were going to go in and buy United when for the Glazers and and he didn't do that. I mean, that that's his big love. That and obviously horse racing, but that that's kind of goes with. That. Um, and he didn't bother with that. He didn't go with it. He could have bought it for virtually you know for peanuts at the time. I think uh, and look what you know could have been. Um, but not now. He's he's a wealthy man. He's got everything he needs. Why does he need the hassle of running up? You know, having anything to do with rugby league club. And there is a there is a side issue which I, I believe is is an issue. Um, his company sponsors the rugby league in general, in Super League. Hmm. I'm not sure how that involvement with a, with one individual club also is is allowed by the rules. So. Something else that'd have to be looked into because I know the, the Super League wouldn't want him saying, Well, all right, I'll pull my money out of Super League and I'll just put it into Salford, you know. So, uh, tough one, but I mean, I'd love it. I'd love it. A Salford guy at the top, you know, hopefully, you know, with, with the money that he, he'd get, but he, I, I, I don't see it happening. And like Paul said, it's probably just a nothing story. Yeah. So, let's have a bit of good news uh, now, Paul. Nathan Taylor, our winger 
come fullback uh, for the reserves has been picked for the England University team who were taking on the Great Britain teachers. I spoke to him this afternoon. We've part of a, sort of a pop-up podcast where he talks about his career and, and his journey in rugby league and how he got into, you know, got to Salford and, and how excited he's about sort of representing England again. Uh, I think it's fantastic, obviously. Opportunity club gives opportunity and now he's playing at uh, international level. Yeah, certainly, yeah. And he sounds an exciting player as well, doesn't it? And again, it's another another good news story for, for the club. I mean, I'd rather us be have stories on that than multi-millionaires talking about us. Though. Let, let's yeah. let's stay in the news for the right reasons, and uh, let's keep building what we're building, and stay in the real world. So I think that that's that that's great news, and it just shows you the the, the good stuff what's going on, and and the, and the talent that we've got there. We've got a bit of talent there now, and you're coming through at the various levels, and you know the, the college team had a, had a cracking win as well as doing them in the amateur report, which you'll you'll be aware. So uh, they've had a good result. So things are going well at that level. And, you know, to represent your country at any sort of thing, university level is a, a really good level there. And, uh, you know, let's hope this 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 lad's got his sights set on, the, you know, progressing in the sport because uh, it'd be great to see somebody like that come through and be able to go on that pathway and that journey and make it to the first team. That that would be fantastic. That I mean, it's a long way off yet, but I can't wait till we start seeing that. And we've got the building blocks in place now, or, or we're getting them in place to, to get that pathway from junior rugby league right through right through to your, your first team. Yeah, Parky talks about opportunity and the journey is on and, like you say, playing for for England in in this, I think it's a President's Cup. I think it is Barker. You know, it's it's a it's a bigger it's a big event, and obviously for him to to get in the team playing fullback, you know, it's it's a big feather in the club's cap for me. Yeah, I know the other week we mentioned the Welsh lads that have been involved in the is it the Welsh under six, you know, camp going forward that have joined our reserves. Uh, again, another one now. And this kid, I believe, I mean, from what you were telling me earlier on off air about him, he's obviously. You know, he's he's obviously slipped through their net somehow or whatever. But I, it got me thinking. I thought, well, that's how Jake Bibby ended up. I mean, I know he's back at Wigan kind of thing, but that's how he ended up playing, scoring in the grand final. Um, you know, he came through the same way. He was a um, came to us through our, our academy and then into the first team. And uh, the rest, as you say, is history. This this kid got got that chance, and he must be good. I mean, you think the number of players at that level that they could pick from. And they've selected. I mean, that's that's a great honour, uh, and like you say, really good for the club. Uh, and it proves that the reserve grade thing does work. If if you know, I, I don't fully agree it's being used properly, but it, it does work. So uh, yeah, he's got his chance now. Let's hope he's took it this evening. And uh, and who knows, one day we may uh, we may be cheering him on on a on a Friday night in, the, in Super League. Yeah. Uh, other news. Folly Lane uh, are running an activity week um, for 8 to 13-year-olds. It's free uh, for children if you're on school dinners. It's got sporting and craft involved, health, nutrition kind of workshop. It's between the 4th and the 7th of April, 10 a.m. till 3 p.m. If you want to get involved in that, it's 0161 211 Paul, obviously, it's great. Obviously, Folly Lane. Uh, you know, an established amateur, amateur club in, in our area uh, produced fine rugby league players. And obviously to, to get involved in this activity week, hopefully a lot of people will, will go down and, and sort of uh, make the event great. That's for our term, is it, Rob? Yeah. 
Let me have to turn that. I know when you give the age groups out there, I thought I fancy this myself. <laughs> 39, I'm a bit too old for it. I can, you know, knock a, knock a few numbers off. But no, it sounds good. And, and you know, again, I think the, the amateur clubs in and around the, the Salford area, I think, don't get the, the credit that they deserve sometimes. The work that they do, the work that, you know, the, the volunteers do at the, the, the club, you know, getting the players ready, getting the teams ready for, for, the, for the games on Sunday. I mean, for these, these kids... That, it's a massive thing in it playing for you, you know, your local side when you're the kid. I used to play, you know, a bit of rugby league when I was sort of eight, nine, ten, and it is. It's the highlight of your week, isn't it? And um, you know, to be to be doing that in the community in our term, helping the parents out as well, keeping them out of trouble, you know, keeping them active, and that. I think you know it's great work that they do. So uh, you know, that's off to Folly Lane there, and I hope they have a lot of people go down. And I hope they all enjoy themselves and uh, behave themselves as well. Yep. So obviously, when Folly's full and you're still scratching around looking for sort of places to take your kids, Salford Red Devils Foundation are running one at Eccles College uh, between eight and fourteen year olds. Same kind of activities, parking. So you've got options there. Yes, yeah, it's, it's great to see. Isn't it? I mean, the, the thing, obviously, with Folly, actually, is is that not just how good it is they're doing it, but the people who actually run these things. Are clearly giving up their own time for this. You know that what, what's in it for them, if you like, and, and it's it's not it's the joy of of what they do. The special, very special people who work and you know volunteer at, at amateur rugby league clubs. Very special. They create a uh, an atmosphere and and something that sticks with you forever. Once you've been part of that, um, you know you meet people, you make friends forever, and and things like that. It's such a great thing. Like Paul said, there to you know keep people off the street and and find them something to do and make sure they're not just sat on the PlayStation all day or anything like that. It's, it's brilliant. And then you've got our foundation who uh, we mentioned. I don't know how many times the work they do is phenomenal and, and doesn't get shouted about. Uh, another great thing. I, I'm sure it would be well attended. The, I think these things generally do good good numbers and and the amount of work the club's done with the local schools as well. I think that will now. That, that uptake will, will increase because more people are aware of what they do and, and the fact that it's even there, you know, which is something for years we've never done. So, uh, no, fantastic. Keeps the, it keeps them kids uh, keeps them kids busy, doesn't it? And sure, the parents, uh, you know, a couple of hours rest every uh, every day. Yeah, other news. VX3, Paul, are looking to do a new shirt design. They're asking season ticket holders to email them to see if they can put them on the shirt. I think it's exciting. I think it's uh, great. I know you've got a shirt with loads of season ticket holders on the, on it as well. You found it on, was it Bobby Robson's statue? So this might be one uh, for you. I have two uh, shirts there. No, I didn't find it. Um, someone took it off Bobby Robson's statue, the whole supporter, and he gave it me. That's he said, here, take this, you, you naughty sovereign supporter. It wasn't me who put it on there. He didn't say he said it's something a bit stronger than that, but I'm not repeating that on the show. But no, it sounds good. I mean, I sent my name off, and my dad and my mum, because they've got a season to get older than our, our kid, sent them off uh, the other night because um, I don't think they know what the numbers are. I've got the numbers in my draw. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's good. I think it's that t shirt I've got. It's great. I actually put it on the bed a bit back and I was reading through all the supporters around it and you think, oh, I know him. He's my friend on Facebook. I've, I've seen him before. And it's, it's amazing how many people you top them up, how many people like you, you sort of know. So, no, I think stuff like that, it's nice for the supporters, isn't it, to to get something back like that and, um, you know, a bit of nostalgia as well. And that VX3, they, they do some nice stuff, don't they? And 
I seen the um, I seen a few people with a blue shirt on on, on Friday night. Mm-hmm. It was in the away end at Wigan because my dad sort of nudged me. And he went, "Paul, he said, I'm not having that." I said, "What?" He went, "That shirt. It's not a Salford shirt." Like, I said, "Well, I know." I said, "It's it's for the Magic Weekend." And I said, "It's you know Selco Builders Warehouse's colours and all that." He's like, "No, I'm not having that." So, so I don't <laughs> think he'll be getting one, but. I did mention to him that you get a nice T-shirt with it. So, so no, I think they're doing a good job. I think the shirt this season, the home shirt uh, and the away shirt, they look smart on, on Friday night. We're getting that black shirt. So I think that VX3 have done a good job with the kits and that. And I mean, the, just going back to what you said before about the uniforms that the two teams are in, the ladies, the, the men, the suits that they wear as well. I know VX3 don't do them. I think it's, oh, who does them? I can't remember who it is now. Oh, we could have given them a shout as well, couldn't we? It's a suit place, is it Mark something or other? Darcy, is it Mark's? Yeah, yeah. Is it Mark Darcy? Am I right there? Yeah. And um, yeah, hope so. I hope I've got that right. They look absolutely <laughs> bang on, don't they? Every time, every time we see Paul Rowley in the press conference, he comes in. Most coaches, I mean, I haven't got Wigan's coach, but they look a bit of a scruff, didn't they, when he come in on Friday night? Paul Rowley walks in. He's got his shirt and tie on. He sometimes has his school jumper on as well, and he just looks really, really smart and. Um, it, it, what's it comes in with him as well? Um, Agate. Yeah. What's his first name? Um, what's his first name? Kurt. Kurt. God, it's been a long day, lad. He comes in. And he has his suit and tie on as well. I think. I think they look really, really smart. I think it makes it look really, really professional. Uh, but yeah, just going back to what you're saying, VX3 do, have done a really good job. And I'd never really heard of them before, but I've been very impressed with um, with the kit supplies that they've done so far. Parky Paul's hoping that the 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 uh, suit supplier turns up it turns at his house <laughs> with a suit. Did you notice that little little plug there? You need some long trousers for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's fantastic. I think it's great. Obviously, you know, we'll see what, what comes out the other end. If you want your name on the shirt, then, you know, email the, the email. Uh, sorry, it's not an email, is it? It's a link. Put your name on the on the form and we'll, we'll see what comes out the other end. Uh, Park, it'll be great. Yeah, yeah, again, like Paul said, just just using their initiative, aren't they? You know, keeping themselves in our in our minds. Uh so you don't forget they're there. Uh, and hopefully, you know, you get something back uh for being a season ticket holder, a bit of you know, a loyalty bonus if you like. Most of us don't, don't we don't do it for that. That's you know, we do it because we can. Uh, um but just a nice little bonus for you. Uh, yeah, so uh, get your details in as soon as. Yeah, so women's game cancelled against Swinton this week, so no game for them. Other news, Salford Devils Foundation, Rising Star programme. Uh, Paul, Bolton, Stockport, Trafford, all kind of involved. Uh, 4th of April, Bolton Rugby Club, year 7, 8 and 9. Stockport, 5th of April, Stockport Rugby Club, year 7, 8 and 9. And Trafford, the 11th of April, Altrincham and Curzel Rugby Club, year 7, 8 and 9, between 10am and 12pm. Opportunity for sort of kids in that in that uh, age group to, to um, sort of try and, and get involved in, in that programme. Obviously, a lot of success has come through that programme the last few years. So you're hoping they'll find the next star there. Yeah, I'm sure they will, and how exciting is that if you're a, if you're a kid of that age, you know, to be to be going doing that and getting involved with, with that. I mean, when you're a kid, just 
you just spend half your time, don't you, either with a football in your hand or, well, I did anyway, I'm sure you guys did. It's a bit different these days now, I think, isn't it? But, you know, to get the, the kids in there, get like Parker said before, get away from that plumbing computers and places, I sound like old folk, you know, don't I? But I think that that's right, you've got to keep kids active, haven't you? And, um, no, they'll, they'll be excited for that. But before I forget, can I just give you another bit of news? I don't know if you're going to mention it, but um, I know John Blackburn was mentioning on one of the WhatsApp groups of a night about the, uh, the walking rugby league that the oh. foundation are running at Eccles College. It's every Tuesday, 7 till 8. So um, he sent a couple of photographs down to one of the WhatsApp groups. I mean, I'm not, I don't, without being disrespectful, some of the, I don't, it's not for older people, but a lot of the lads on the photograph look a bit older than us, you know, sort of in the 50s and 60s and what have you. And I think it's a way of them getting involved in rugby league, walking rugby. There's still a lot of skill in it, I believe, but um, it looks really, really good. It looks really, really exciting. And, he said to me to come down a bit back, so I think he, he must think I'm a bit of an oldie now as well. <laughs> so, but no, that's every Tuesday, 7 to 8, Eccles College, walking rugby. So if you fancy that, you know, get involved with it. I think it's great, Parky. When your legs go, but you've still got your mind, you, you can go to, to, to these kind of things and, and roll back the years. Yeah, well... <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Glad he said that to you, Parker. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of that? No, I'm, I'm in that. I'll be honest, I'm, I'm kind of in that that, that boat. Uh, I mean, I'm only 45, but um, I'm, I'm definitely. Uh, my legs don't do what I want them to do a lot of the time. Uh, but it's all still upstairs. I know. You know, I, know I know what I'm doing. Um, yeah, I have. I have thought about. It. I think I spoke to uh, uh, Alan Bradshaw about it once about me going down um I, i've not done it yet um there's you know sadly other things taking up my time but um it, it, yeah it's something i could i could do i mean i do miss i do miss playing rugby and hopefully once i'm i'm through this period of, of where i am at the moment i can get back to to doing something like that because i do miss it he did he's it's more fun than anything that kind of thing you know he, he hopefully don't take it too seriously um, but yeah, no, I uh, I wouldn't mind going down and having a go at it. I'll be, I'll be honest, it's probably about the you know the speed that I'm at these days, and I never you know pace was never my thing. So uh, yeah, probably probably about the right speed now. To be fair, Parky, I'm the same. My legs, I was never fast. To be fair, um, but yeah, I think I think it'd be a cracking day if you could if we go. I'll go down. I might make it a podcast day out. That'd be that'd be fun. Mm, yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah, so if you're obviously talking about the Sulphur Devils Foundation Rising Star Programme, if you want to get involved in it, contact kevin.rayner at salfordcc.ac.uk and uh, put your name on there and see you could be next, uh, next star coming through. Other news, Castleford at home on the 20th of May, Park it is the next big future, uh, framing the future event. Um, obviously very successful, the last one against Leeds so hopefully they'll they'll be more success this time a 1300 tickets were were given to the schools and you know and we had a big crowd so hopefully more of the same yeah hopefully I mean hopefully by then the weather is is better than it was the, for the Leeds game it wasn't awful that game you know uh, hopefully the sun's been out and you know people are more likely to come out and and, and get involved and the club again will have learned a few little things from last time. I think it went smoothly, but you know, there's obviously going to be some glitch or something they missed or something that didn't happen. Um, and 
yeah, I, I, we can't complain. I thought I, I said the other week, I thought they, them kids really added to the atmosphere the other week. We've had it where it's just been an absolute rabble and, you know, noise and whatever else. But it was uh, it was all done really professionally. And, and you know, they got behind the team. And uh, I, I'm sure they enjoyed it and they'd all come back because obviously the results are the, the big thing. But, uh, no, a lot, lot of work to go in again. I'm sure the guys behind the scenes and, and Matt Carr and people like that are, are ready to pull the hair out. But, um, no, I can't wait. Get a, get a decent crowd in, hopefully a good day. And um, you never know, another another two points with the crowd behind us. Yeah, hopefully we'll have a lot of kids from the first time returning, Paul. And obviously they'll be invest- they're trying to get all the schools involved. And I think it's great. Obviously, you know, we're a community club. We're engaging the community. Paul Trainer doing a great job uh, to, to, to get that interest up and, and running. And, you know, exciting times. Yeah, it certainly. I think I think we mentioned it a few years ago, didn't we, on the podcast about getting schools involved and all the club have been trying it. And I think we we spoken here, didn't we, about making that East Stand maybe a family stand. And I think it's absolutely perfect for that. You know, that end of the pitch. Like, let's get as many families and as many school children and you know youngsters in there and get them involved because they did add to the atmosphere. I think it's superb that the atmosphere against Leeds. It was a cracking night, a cracking win. And um, I bet some of those kids, if not all those kids, want to come back and, and sample it again. And it's, you know, Castleford's another, you know, big game for us. It's quite a way off at the moment. So we've got a few games to play before then. But I'm sure the club and, and Matt Carr and the people involved in the safeguard and things and all that, they'll, they'll have it ironed out what, you know, bits and bobs that they wanted to change around. And, and this will be another success. And, you know, I think it's great that they can do that. And, as long as we can keep building and, and, and the crowds keep slowly creeping up, people will keep coming back and if they're enjoying it. And I think that, that night to me was a really enjoyable night. I think the entertainment off the pitch was good as well. And um, it was, it, it all added to a good atmosphere. So, uh, so I'm looking forward to that again. Yep. Other news as well. Lance Troll. Lance Todd Trophy Dinner, 31st of May, Worsley Marriott, Dave Woods and Adrian Marley comparing it. Paul, a great event, you know, Challenge Cup means a lot to a lot, lot to a lot, means a lot to a lot of people. So if you get the chance to go to a Lance Trod Tofu dinner, it can be special. Yeah, it's a good night. I went a few years ago when, um, oh, who won it? Tony Gigo won it uh, when Catalans played Saints, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, he couldn't make it because of one thing or another. I think he had a few too many drinks at the... The cup, the cup final, and he couldn't get to the Marriott. But it was a cracking night. I was amazed because I went, I took my dad, and we was in the bar there, and and it was like a who's who of rugby league, of all previous like Landstad Trophy winners and old players from the the seventies, sort eighties, of and a few few old players from like the sixties were there as well. So it is a cracking night. You know, you, you get to rub shoulders with like real legends of the sport. And I remember walking to the bar and I said to my dad, "Is, is that that Brian Lockwood sat down there to play for?" Ulcar and Cass and it was and we sat chatting these these guys don't realise how how sort of big they were I mean I remember chatting to Malcolm Reeler a few years ago and I was in awe of him it's like this guy's one of the best players that's ever played the game I mean I know he's a bit of a sod against Salford when he played in his cast days but you know they are like real legends aren't they and I think if you want, if you get a chance to go to Lanster it's really good um, they always have great entertainment on like your compares are really good when I went they had a comedian on as well and re- really cracking night it's well worth the money and 
this Lance Todd this time is this for last year this because it'll be before the cup final so we'll, Niall Levels will be there won't he because he won the Lance Todd last year so I presume Niall will be going won't he when's the cup final this year is it the end of May well it's... 31st of May is the, is the dinner and normally have it after don't like a day after don't they ah right so will this be covering 2021 and 2022 must be yeah, yeah. Right. oh it'll be a, be a cracking night then not yeah, so if you're interested in going, contact john.blackburn at salfordcc.ac.uk or ring him on 077-627-32790 and book your tickets. The big news, Paul uh, Parker, sorry, which has come out in the last couple of hours, that we've announced another link-up uh, with a North American rugby team <laughs> called Copperheads RLFC. Um, great. Obviously, we've got link-ups all over the world now, so to add Copperheads to, to that is a, is a great thing. A growing family. Uh, Florida. So, uh, brilliant. Yeah. That's that's a place for a training camp. I know we went to <laughs> years back, which is the same kind of part of the world, I suppose, but uh, no, again, just, just strength. I know Paul King mentioned it last week at the uh, evening. Um, he didn't tell us who or where, but he, he did mention that there's a, a link up coming. Um, brilliant, more than merry. You know, we, we've got Ghana, we've got the States, we've got Wales, we've got Australia. You know, the, we're covering the world with with these link ups. Um, I know that the, uh, the, the, the they're actually going into the the American League this year, aren't they? The, the Copperheads mm. are going to take part now, and I mean the American game is growing. It, it really is growing. Um, if they can just stop fighting amongst themselves like they do uh, and splitting every couple of years, um, it, it'll be a very strong league. And and we know how the Americans love the sport. And it, there's a lot of athletes out there that don't make it, the, you know, perhaps the sport they wanted, whether it be American football or basketball, hockey, whatever their, their sort of natural sport would be. Um, rugby league's a great option. And, uh, yeah, hopefully... Hopefully, you know, we can help contribute to that by, you know, by doing coaching or, or whatever else and, and, and helping out like we have in, in, in Ghana so far and, and see, the, uh, see the benefits of it. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's, uh, I, I look forward to their season. It gives me another team to follow. Yeah, they've, they've got a couple of people to look out for. Jude, is it, I think it's Caron Caricon, who was a centre. He's their all-time top. Uh, point scorer Paul and uh, Wes Piggins, who's a, a scrum half, uh, raving about him. So th- there's talent out there. Obviously, America, uh, sort of North America, on that side of the the world, they're all either ice hockey players or, or rugby players, aren't they? American footballers, so they're all built to play rugby. Yeah, they certainly are. The like you said about about Ghana, there. There's there's natural athletes, isn't there? I suppose. Um, you know, America's a, a hotbed of, of sport, isn't it? Really, let's have it right. It's a massive, massive country, isn't it? So, it's um, you know, if you can get people involved in in, in the sport and get them enjoying it, I'm, I'm surprised rugby league's never took off in America before because if you, I, I've tried watching American football on Channel Four and on Sky, and there's a lot of razzmatazz with it, but it's boring. Cause it's forever stopping and. I don't, I don't know. How, it's their culture, I suppose, isn't it? But I'm just surprised rugby league isn't right up their street because it's a collision sport. It's fast paced. So, um, so yeah. I mean, it seems to take off in Toronto, didn't it? I mean, 
logistically it didn't it didn't happen there, but they were getting decent crowds. Well, they were getting like six or seven thousand under the championship. So, you know, a, a decent side there in America would would be well supported. And you know, if if we can have links with them like like they like Pag said, we're training. You know, warm weather training over there once a year, going over there. I think that's fantastic for us. I mean, it'd be nice for us to get a little podcast trip over there, a bit of a scouting mission over <laughs> to see how, see how these Americans put podcasts together. We can have a little trip to Florida, couldn't we? So, so no, I think it's another good news story for Salford in all seriousness and and like he said we are shredding our name our name's going out there rather than it being Wigan and St Helens and Leeds all the time no we've got a bit of publicity we're getting in the market first and, and letting people know who we are because let's have it right we're a big city Salford's a big city a big cosmopolitan city and um, you know we are the premier northwest Greater Manchester Rugby League team, so uh, you know, let's tell people about it, and I, I'm dead chuffed with that, and um, looking forward to uh, to seeing how it all pans out. So, final bit of news um, is about us, really. Uh, we've joined a website called Kofi. It's been recommended to us um, for a while, and uh, I've decided to bite the bullet and sign us up. Basically, lots of different podcasts use it, and it's a way of you, our listeners, to support us by buying us coffee. Believe it or not. It does cost money to run a podcast. And I've funded that for the last seven years. From hosting fees, new laptops, and dozens of microphones that have gone through over the years, we just want to give you the best sound quality and content that we can. If you like listening to the podcast, feel free to buy us your coffee if you think we've earned it. I can only talk for myself, and I spend hours doing this podcast it's a labor of love really and it's all on my own time around my family my two quids and my full-time job so having Colfit in the background will help us continue to grow as a podcast and help maintain equipment and subscriptions and can help us to continue to grow and help produce great audio for you to enjoy anyway Check out on our socials, the obligation. Your support means the world to us. It always is and always will do. And uh, we'll get back to talking about Salford Devils now. Yeah. So that's all the news uh, this week. And now we're going to look at what's happening in the world of Rubber League with Paul Whiteside. Here is this week's Devil in the Detail Amateur Report. We shall start off with the National Conference League this week. I'm going to add a bit extra this week into it. We were speaking to uh, to Rob and the guys on the podcast and we were calling it the Amateur Report and Life Outside Super League. So I think we should add in the uh, the NRL. So we'll have a chat about the Australian results as well just to uh, just to spy things up a bit. But we'll start off with the National Conference League and the Amateur Rugby League. Rochdale Mayfield were beaten convincingly away from home at Wathbrow Hornets by 48 points to nil. Wathbrow. Stayed top of the table with uh, with three victories and a draw from their first four matches. Saddleworth Rangers were also beaten in, in Division 1, 46 points to 10 at Stanningley. Oldham St. Anne's, though, in Division 3, they won away from home at Bentley by 32 points to 24. Waterhead Warriors were beaten at East Leeds by 32 points to 6. The fixtures for this week, Rochdale Mayfield at home on Saturday the 2nd of April in the Premier Division against Hunslet Club Parkside. In Division 1, Saddleworth Rangers go to Ince Rose Bridge. And in Division 3, Oldham St. Anne's faced Seaton Warriors and Waterhead Warriors travelled to Shaw Cross Sharks. 
Turning our attention now to Northwest Men's League. It was cup action at the weekend. There was quite a lot of no results though, so I'm not sure what happened there, whether they were postponed or, or what have you. So I'll just give you the results we have got. In the cup, Folly Lane were beaten at home in a really tight game. They were beating 22 points to 24 against Dalton. In the Shield, Bolton Mets nil, Ashton Bears a 60, Oldham St. Anne's a 44, Preston and South Ribble Rabbitohs 6. And that's it, the fixtures this week. Get underway on Thursday night. Division 5 into Rosebridge A take on the Tameside Knights. In Division 1 on Saturday, Bury Broncos face Dalton Folly Lane at home to Ascombe. Division 2, these are all Saturday games. Carries Head play Roos Pioneers, Salford City Roosters against Hindpool Tigers. In Division 3, Thato Heath Crusaders B face Rochdale Mayfield A. In Division 4, South and East Burton Wood Chargers are at home to Higginshaw. Waterhead Warriors A face Oldham St. Anne's A and Oldham Derby. And in Division 5, Ashton Bears A face Wigan Springview A. Bolton Mets uh, playing Liverpool St. Helens. In wheelchair rugby league, there's one fixture this Sunday involving our local teams, and that's Rochdale Hornets against North Wales Crusaders A. And in student rugby league, Salford Red Devils had a great win in the college rugby league. They won against Hull FC by 44 points to 14. The Salford Red Devils A are in action on Wednesday when you hear this um, podcast. It might, this game might have already been played, but Wednesday the 30th of March, it's Runshaw against Roch- uh, Salford Red Devils A. Right, well, moving on to the Northwest Youth League again. Uh, there's quite a few no results and uh, and what have you in there, but I'll give you the results we have got in Division Two of the under 16s Holton Farmworth Hornets 22 Saddleworth Rangers 10 Waterhead Warriors 26 Shevington Sharks 10 Salford City Roosters 6 Hindpool Tigers 38 the fixtures for this Sunday in the under 18s it's the Lancashire Cup Salford City Roosters face Roos Pioneers Crossfields are at home to Saddleworth Goldbourne Parkside face Waterhead Warriors Langworthy Reds are at home to Holton Farmworth Hornets in the under 16s Lancashire Cup Blackbrook Royals are at home to Rochdale Mayfield Saddleworth Rangers take on Lee East Salford City Roosters under 16s are at home to Holton Farmworth Hornets Green Ulverston face Folly Lane Waterhead Warriors are at home to Hensingham and West Horton Lions face Wigan St Pat's Right, before we turn our attention to uh, the Challenge Cup and the um, the life outside the Super League, as we say in this, uh, you know, in domestic terms in, in in Great Britain in England, let's have a look at the uh, the NRL. Excited for this, Penrith Panthers stay top. They've won three from three. The fixtures at the weekend: St George, Illawarra Dragons twelve, Cronulla Sharks thirty six, West Tigers twelve. New Zealand Warriors 16. A big game there for Oliver Gildart in that game, ex-Wigan player. Jackson Hastings is still suspended. I think he's back this week, uh, is Jackson Hastings. So the West Tigers beaten again. They've lost three from three, so they'll be looking for a victory uh, this weekend. The other results, a big, massive Sydney derby. Almost 20,000 there for this one. South Sydney Rabbit owes 28. Sydney Roosters 16. Penrith Panthers, as I said, they beat Newcastle Knights 38 points to 20. Melbourne Storm 24. Parramatta Reels 28. Big result there for Parramatta Reels in that one. Canberra Raiders 24, Gold Coast Titans 22, Brisbane Broncos 12, North Queensland Cowboys 38, 37,700 people at that match, fantastic attendance, Brisbane Broncos really are a top drawer in Australian rugby, but good win for the Cowboys, Manly Seagulls 13, Canterbury Bulldogs 12, if you've not seen the ending to that game, it's uh, it's quite an entertaining uh, ending to that match, but a big win there for, uh, for Manly Seagulls in that one. The fixtures for this week in the NRL. It gets underway Thursday. Gold Coast Titans play West Tigers. I presume some of these are television games. On Friday, it's Cronulla against Newcastle Knights. Penrith play South 
Sydney Rabbit Holes. That's Friday morning. That should be a cracking match. On Saturdays, three fixtures. New Zealand Warriors face Brisbane Broncos. Manly Seagulls at home to Canberra Raiders. North Queensland Cowboys face Sydney Roosters. And there's two games on the Sunday. Melbourne Storm against Canterbury Bulldogs. And Parramatta Eels take on the St George Illawarra Dragons. Right, and finally this week we'll move on to domestic uh, action. It was the Betfred Challenge Cup Round 6 at the weekend. As we know, Salford were beating 20 points to nil away from home against Wigan. So disappointing for Salford to, to go out of the cup. Barrow Raiders 16, Huddersfield Giants 30, Catalan Dragons 27, Featherstone Rovers 14. Featherstone were leading 10 points to 8 in that game. They scored a couple of tries uh, in the last 20 minutes to Catalan to win. That's a fantastic effort from Catalan Dragons. Hulkingston Rovers 24, Lee Centurions 18. Again, Lee Centurions stormed back in that game and uh, made a real fight. They were 18-2 down at half-time, but came back to lose 24-18. Leeds Rhinos were thumped at home to Castleford Tigers by 40 points to 16. Sheffield Eagles, 12. Hull FC, 58. Chris Wellham, our very own Chris Wellham, our former player Chris Wellham, got the man of the match in that game and, uh, and scored a try as well, but they were beating the Sheffield Eagles by 58 points as well. Chris always seems to play well against Hull FC, no matter who he plays for, so, uh, so well done to him. But unlucky to Sheffield Eagles. Warrington Wolves were beaten again. They were beaten at home to Wakefield Trinity. By 16 points to 12 in the cup, Whitehaven put up a massive fight against St. Helens. They were beaten 46 points to four, but what a what an effort from Whitehaven! Really, a lot of people are expecting Saints to get a cricket score, but 46-4 is no no embarrassment at all. Wigan Warriors at 20, Salford Red Devils nil. As I said, in the Betfred Championship round four, Halifax had a thumping win away from home to Workington at 42 points to six. They also played in round six earlier in the week and were beaten at home to uh, Lee Centurions 26-16. But a good start for Halifax in the, in the league there. Well, they've won two from six but they've, they've made a bit of a fist of it last couple of weeks Betfred League 1 Doncaster 48 Midlands Hurricanes 20 London Scholars 10 Hunslet 28 Oldham 6 Keith Cougars 32 Rochdale Hornets 34 North Wales Crusaders 36 and Swinton Lions had a massive win they beat West Wales Raiders by 82 points to 4 the fixtures for this week it gets underway in the championship on Friday night Lee Centurions face Jubilee Rams at 8 o'clock in the Betfred League 1 on Saturday, North Wales Crusaders face Cornwall. West Wales Raiders face Rochdale Hornets. On Sunday in the Betfred Championship, it's Barrow against Batley. Featherstone against Sheffield. Halifax against Whitehaven. London Broncos face Bradford Bulls. Workington play York City Knights. Betfred League 1 on Sunday, Hunslet face Oldham. Keithley face Doncaster. Midlands Hurricanes are at home to Swinton Lions. And on Monday, Newcastle Thunder face Widnes Vikings in the Championship. That's all I've got for you. Been a bit of an epic one this week. Enjoy the podcast and I'll see you at Wakefield on Sunday so that was Paul Whiteside's uh, look at what's happening in the world of rugby league next we're going to look at all the big fixtures this week regarding our teams it's So we'll start uh, with the reserves uh, parkit. They're away at London uh, this week on Sunday. Danny Barton's men reacting uh, to defeat last week against Wakefield, hoping to bounce back. Yeah, long trip down, down south there. Um, but that'll take it out of them going down. Uh, not, not the luxuries of perhaps the first team or anything like that, where they're going to get a, an overnight stay or something. Um, and, and the thing that, that, it, that always strikes me is that in London, their, their youth system and, and reserves are really, really good, generally. Uh, the first team might be struggling now at the moment. I know they're having a poor, they've had a poor start to the championship season. And, you know, they've gone part-time this year because of financial restraints from when they dropped down from the Super League. 
but their their youth team and and, uh, and reserves will be will be pretty good. Again, like we mentioned about the states in London, there's a lot of real athletes. They can't all be footballers, you know. There's and what we're talking ten million people. I don't know. There's a lot of people in London, um, and they do get a decent some real, real talent. And we've seen it come through there that is, then moved on to other clubs or or just stayed and played uh, at London. Um, so it'll be tough for him. It'll be really tough. A long way to go. Uh, a big battle. But um, again, it's the experience these lads are going to gain. That's that's going to be the main thing. I you know uh, we lost Matty Costello, didn't we? He played in the last reserves game. He's got a ban. Um, and obviously with the first team being stretched, there's, there's no spare players to go around. So it will be tough, I'm sure. But um, yeah, again, the, the more experience the lads get, and you know, I mean, you know, we may be a lot, lot better this week than, than we were the other week. Um, but it is a long trip. It'll be a long, long day for for all the lads. But um, you know, fingers crossed, they can they, they can pick up, you know, where they, where they were a few weeks ago and and get the win. Yeah, Nathan Taylor on the previous podcast. Uh, Paul talks about growing as a group and, you know, Wakefield was uh, sort of a disappointment for him, but looking to bounce back this week. Yeah, certainly. You know, Wakefield had a decent side as well. They had a decent side out that night, didn't they? So the, some of these lads haven't played at that level before, have they? So it does take take time to adapt to it. And, uh, no, a big test, big test going out of London, but I'm sure it'll do him a lot of good. The camaraderie that'll have going down there and, you know, bonding together going down to London. So, uh, you know, they're going to grow through that as well. So, so I'll, I'll add to the experience and uh, with a bit of luck, they can come back with a positive result. Score prediction, Parker? Uh, it will be tough, but I'm going to I'm going to stay confident. I think the, the only thing that might go against the London the, the London boys, it was, a, it was a group that wasn't it, in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Um, but, uh, terrible. That, that's bad. That's bad. That I shouldn't. I shouldn't know that. Um, I think he, he, they might be a little bit more inexperienced than our lads. So I, I think even though we have got a long trip down there, I think I think we might just edge it. I'll, I'd say twenty four eighteen to to Salford. Twenty four eighteen. What about you, Paul? I got sixteen ten to Salford. Sixteen ten. Gonna rain. 16. <laughs> I'm going to go Salford to win. London 6, Salford 22. So that'll be a capital success for Salford. <laughs> so let's talk Wakefield now. Wakefield away, Sunday at Parquet. They beat Warrington last couple of weeks. Once in the league, once in the cup. Uh, played some good rugby as well. Going to be a big test. Oh, oh absolutely. Despite their their position in the league, they've, they've played all the top teams, I think, and and not been embarrassed in any of them. And the last two weeks against Warrington have been their performances. I, I suppose they've surprised me, but I don't know why. I don't know what what else I would expect from Wakefield. They're a, they're a team and a club that always fight and always. You know, they, they always surprise people um, for for some reason. They're a, they're a really good team and they've got a big pack. And again, that scares me because as, as we've said every single week, isn't big and we've lost another player this week. I'm not sure who we'll have in the back row. Uh, obviously, Ryan Lannan play, but I, I, I don't know who the other second row will be. Um, it, so it's, it's going to be tough. Our record at, at Bellevue is... It is as awful as, as 
quite a few grounds to be fair, but he's, we don't have much success there. So that's another thing that I know history doesn't play a part on, on a game day, but I've seen I've seen stronger Salford teams go there and get beat quite convincingly. So um, it, it's going to be tough. Their, their fans will be right behind them now. After the last couple of weeks, their confidence will be up. The team will be flying. Um, and, and ours might have took a bit of a knock again this week after the Leeds game being all hyped. It, it's going to be a real a real struggle. I think the uh, Lee know that the half back, the scrum half, is in top form. A real a real like. I don't know how to describe him. He, he just he ball the magic at times. Some of the stuff he does. He reminds me in many ways of a Rangi Chase character. Uh, pretty, a bit unpredictable, but you, you know there's always something there. Um, I'm playing off the back of a of, of a pack like that, and they've got Tom Johnston who who will score a try from anywhere. You know, pace and strength, and he's a big lad in for a winger. Um, Reece Lynn will be in there in the centres. It's going to be very, very tough for us. Um, I, you know, I don't want to sound defeatist, um, but we'll have to jump a couple of levels, I think, from where we were on Friday night to get anything from this. Yeah, Willie Polching, great coach. Uh, Paul was at Salford for a bit, but like Parky said, got some good players. Plus side, though, the Tapu, Tom Lyne, Tom Johnson are all doubtful are out. So a lot of their big players not available might give us an edge. Yeah, a lot of our big players aren't available as well. Though we've got we've got no back row, have we? So that's going to be a, a big miss for us. Um, Ken Seo should be back in contention. Mm. You know, not that I think, I think Reese Williams didn't do anything wrong against Wigan, but I'd probably say Ken Seo will be back in. Um, Wakefield, yeah, they, I mean, you just mentioned Mason Lee, you know, there, I think good player. I think Jacob Miller, his halfback partner, is always a handful. He's all he always seems to play well against us, and I've been in, very, very impressed with him. I thought they was fantastic against Wakefield, against Warrington in the, the league game, and then I looked at the bookies' odds, and they gave Wakefield a twelve-point start this week in the cup after they beat him a week before, and they, they did the same job on him, and they defended really, really well against Warrington and snuffed them out. Week, I think it was sixteen, twelve, was it? And, so they've they've got that in them. They've got players in the pack that will graft there. Matty Ashurst always impresses me in the pack. You know, David Fafita, I think he's another guy that's explosive, and we're going to have to keep hold of him because he likes to mix it. He'll make yards, and if you let them get on the front foot at Bellevue, they'll walk all over. I think we've beaten three times in twenty-one visits there in Super League, so it's not been a happy hunting ground for us. So. This is a game to me where you can't afford to go behind early. You go behind early doors there, the crowd will get behind them. It's a tight ground there. And how many times have we gone there with better sides than, than we've got now, probably, and got beaten? We've got a pretty decent side now. But if you go back to I think the 2019 season, when we got to the grand final, we got beat there at, at Wakefield. So, um, so yeah, it's always a tough place to go. And I am expecting a real tough challenge this weekend. I don't know what the weather's going to be like. It's going to be a bit naff in it this week. So, uh, it's going to be tough there. It can be a bit of a glue pot pitch there at Wakefield, and it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a battle in the forwards there, definitely. Score prediction off your packer. Um, I'm going to stay positive. I don't actually fancy us that much, but I'm going to stay positive. I'm going to say we're just going to edge it 18-16. Oh, 16-18. Story behind that? No, I just think it's going to be, if, if the weather is a bit yuck, um, it's very open there, isn't it? The, the pitch could get cut up. It might be, may not make for great flow in rugby. It might just be a case of trying to grind it out. And 
you know, I think defensively, like I said, I don't think we're as bad, perhaps, it, when we get it right, as, as people make us out to be. Possibly going forward, we struggle. Um, but Wakefield might be a bit, you know, overconfident, perhaps, um, after their recent form. So I just think, why why, why not? We can, we, we can go there and win. Paul, what about you? I'm going to back us to edge it. I've got a lot of respect for Wakefield and Willie Poaching. I think he's a good man. Um, but me putting myself in Wakefield supporters' shoes now, they've got a big cup quarterfinal the week after against Wigan. Are they going to have an eye on that? That's a big chance for them to get to, to not to Wembley, but to wherever it is, Tottenham. Um, so, yeah, are they going to take their eye off the ball? They shouldn't do, but... They might just do that. So uh, I'm I'm confident. It's, I think it's going to be a really, really difficult game, this. But I'm going to go for 25 points to 16 to Salford. I think we'll just about edge it. 16-25. Oh. So, my gut's telling me that as we've got no back row, he's going to put, he's going to put lightweight props in his back row. So our, our forward pack will be big and mobile. So I'm thinking... Skittle Wakefield, so I'm going to go Wakefield eight, Salford twenty two, and I'm going for Tim Lafay hat trick. Who who do you think will be in the back row? Who do I think is going to be in the back row? Um, Armandroyd, I think. Jack on, Jack Armandroyd, and yeah, Josh Johnson maybe. As like an interchange hooker, uh, interchange, well, not back, you know, back roll. But you, Parker, what do you think? Yeah, I'll go with that. Me, me personally, I think I, I would, I would start with. I, I, I suppose the, the the front row is quite quite. Up, but I'd, I'd start with with Burke and Almond up front, and uh, either. It's a tough one. I, I I personally could see Jack Wells in the back row. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Wells and Lannan with Taylor, or move Taylor to loose forward, and, and Addy comes in at loose. Perhaps mm-hmm. uh, I, I'd have a co-op on the bench and bring him on into the back row if I had to, because he can mm-hmm. easily play there. That's a position he's, he's played plenty of times. Um, bring him off the bench, give him that 10, 15 minute burst, and then take him off. That'd be me. Me personally, I I I, I don't know. Um, again, we don't we don't really know if everybody's fit. You know yeah. who is fit and who isn't fit. The, the training, anything can happen. So, but that's that's personally what I do. I think I've probably tried Jack Wells perhaps in the second row. Uh, I know he's put a bit of bulk on from you know from when he joined us last year, but we are really struggling in there. And I think I, I think Jack deserves his place because he's, he's been playing okay. So uh, if he's fit. Yeah, I, I think that's where I'd go. Yeah, be interested to see what Paul Rowley comes up with. It's going to be exciting. So, big thanks to you this week's uh, Devil in the Detail podcast. Uh, Admiral Parks, you can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify, and YouTube. See you next week.